Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, hello, welcome everyone to another episode of, day. of Stoke the Wild, that is right. We're recording early in the morning, so that was my natural yeah. like wake up response to uh, welcome everyone, but wherever you are, in whatever time you are in, or space you may exist, we welcome you <laughs> to this place of Stoke the Wild. <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm Joy. And we're excited for another episode. This is our 20th yeah. episode. I know. Which is a personal milestone uh, for me and for Joy, I think, it's just because, well. you know, we, if you go back and listen to that first episode about fear and creativity, the whole purpose of starting the podcast was to help break down barriers of uh, fear when it comes to being creative. And a podcast is just another form of that. Yeah. And so... This has now been 20 attempts at cracking fear in the face and just saying, no, not today. No. Not today, fool. Whipping fear with a cartwheel head kick like Senchei. Yep. Bang. So, mm-hmm. References. <laughs> uh, so, but we are excited and we're glad that we've hit 20 episodes and we're glad for those of you who've listened along through, um, through the journey that you continue to join us, so... Uh, it is um, just starting off September. It is fall. Yeah. We're starting to feel some of that fall weather in the it's morning. It's really nice. Yeah. I enjoy it a yeah. lot. It's cool. It's crisp. <laughs> we still have like the summer heat at like midday. Yeah, that I I do enjoy the heat, but uh, my favorite is when it's consistent. I don't like having to change clothes or like feel like I need to change clothes if I yeah. can't. Well, that's the uh, Midwest for you. You know, you'll experience um, several seasons in a 24-hour period. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, my only other complaint is that when the weather first starts to switch up, uh, my asthma gets a little cranky. Yeah. But, I mean, that's life. That's life in the Midwest. That's life with asthma. Gets cranky sometimes. Baby, why you gotta be so cranky in the morning? That's what I say to my asthma. <laughs> When I wake up. <laughs> yeah, so uh, with that in mind, <laughs> with that in mind, uh, we are, it's the back to school times, you know, the kids mm-hmm. have gone back to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone seems to be back into the routine. It's after Labor Day. So even some of the schools that go back to school after Labor Day, they've They're begun. Back. And yeah. it is, uh, it is, yeah, that time of year where everything kind of returns to normal. Get back into the routine. Start getting into that cycle of work and school and after school stuff and yeah, sports will be starting if they haven't already for some kids. Yeah, for our kids, I think it starts in like November. Yeah, our October, kids do wrestling. Like yeah, they're a little ambiguous about the start date this year. And they're always ambiguous about the start date. <laughs> um, not our children, the kids, the <laughs> the, 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 the the sports team. It's the just, sports they team, do well the in leaders the in the... <laughs> yeah, they are. They're, it's a great squad that they get to wrestle with and yeah. be on team with. They're not always the most organized, though. Yeah, they're, they're not always super communicative. Um, so, um, but we are, yeah, the kids love it. They, mm-hmm. they started last year, and so mm-hmm. they'll be up on that again this year, and they love yeah. to, to wrestle and to... to Run around and burn off a bunch of energy and help them get strong. Yeah, it's great stuff. Discipline. Yes, discipline. So also update from even just last week, my neck collar has come off. Yay! I can move my head from side to side, although it hurts a little bit when I go one way just because it's real like muscle stiffness Yeah. in the neck. Yeah. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good. And the scar is so minimal; it is like non-existent. Mm-hmm. Did they even do the surgery? Did they show me someone it's else's all X-rays? In your head, it, it wasn't. I trust <laughs> me. For a whole month, I lived in that. I know. It's crazy. I know. But yeah. the way that they do that is pretty impressive. And uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about science and creativity, and uh, and medicine and creativity, and just the ability to do that and leave mm. like any like a barely visible line like my mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. surgeon was fantastic and i'm super lucky to have had had him yeah well this week as we kick off um i want to talk about a couple of things um first off as we continue to just uh update just a few things before we get going mm-hmm. um 
I recently started working over at Two Mile Coffee Bar, which uh, was featured a couple weeks ago when uh, my brother Patrick and his wife Greta, who are co-owners of the coffee shop, mm-hmm. were on the show. Um, so I'm working there part-time on Saturday mornings, uh, currently learning the tricks of the sling, you know, slinging Joe and stuff. Yeah. And um, it was a great time on my first shift. Yeah. Uh, but I'm super excited, not only about working there, but in a couple weeks, uh, because of being able to work there and uh, being an artist and a creative, uh, I'm going to have a little booth out at the Beverly Art Walk on September 21st. Woohoo! Right next to Two Mile Coffee Bar's pop up coffee tent. Um, so you can come on by uh, in the Beverly, Chicago area. Come on by, grab some coffee, and then it's like, it's seriously like a mile, mile and a half like of art. Um, at different shops, and you yeah. can like hop on a trolley, and it'll bring you to different places for during the event. It's like crazy cool, and that's uh, awesome. So I'm gonna have my art stuff out there. Um, so a lot, a lot of my stuff is pop culture related, comic books and and um, movies and things like that. And so we're gonna have some of that out there, as well as some of the Stoke the Wild merch. Mm-hmm. And uh, we right next to Two Mile Coffee Bar pop up, and so you can grab coffee, grab some art, check out some of the stuff that's going on there. And I'm working on. I'm working on a limited edition two-mile coffee bar uh, art piece that uh, you might be able to pick up with purchase of coffee while you're there. Um, And then you can come by right next door and get it signed by me, Mm. which would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. So, yeah, we'll have more information about that listed in the uh, liner below Mm -hmm. uh, to check that out so you guys can be aware. But it's September 21st, and it's from noon till 6 on a Saturday in the Beverly Park area come out with the kids there's going to be all sorts of stuff uh from like live music and mm-hmm. uh, puppet shows and then all the art and gallery I'm, stuff yeah i can i be honest i'm really excited about the puppet show like myself really? yeah <laughs> okay i i've never actually seen like a like i've seen puppets on like uh, sesame street or like puppets in sunday school but i've never been to like an event or anything where there's like a puppet show and not that I can remember anyway, so I'm really excited about it. I mean, I've I've used puppets before. And I said it at church. Yeah, I know. But I mean, like, like a little show. That sounds cute. With like, I don't know, with like a, a set. Once and again, the things I do, not good <laughs> enough. Not That's real not enough. what I mean. That's not what I mean. For those of you uh, who maybe don't know, when I was first starting over at the church when I was uh, there doing ministry uh, as the children's pastor, I had a little program called Osito and Friends that I would do during Spy Kids, our big camp event. And for the first couple of years, we would utilize puppets uh, with a live action person, Osito, me. Yes. And uh, I would react basically with grunts and growls while they did all the talking. Great writing, because then I didn't have to do anything. Uh, <laughs> but it was funny. So, but again. I do remember that. That's not what I mean, though. I just mean, like, a cute little pop, pop-up, like, puppet set. I like just that whole thing. I don't know enough about what the show's going to look like. Or, like, uh, I know it's coming from the library in town. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's about all I know. But uh, so I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it legitimately will be, you know, I'm very pretty excited. Good. Like they probably have people who practice and have yeah. things ready to go. But how funny would it be if like you got there, you were really excited. It was like a, it, it was like a like an arts and crafts booth where you could just like come in and make your own sock puppet. And it wasn't really like a puppet show. Oh, it was yeah. just like you could take. That would oh, be this funny. This is not what I was hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted Sesame Street, That's not sock drawer. Yeah. Sock drawer. So be on the lookout for yeah. that information. Again, I'll have that stuff posted below, and uh, I'll probably again mention it next week just to keep everybody informed. But be out there. It's going to be fun, and uh, mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing you. And um, look, tell you what, if you look in the liners below, I will give you a secret code. And if you come to the show and purchase something from me and you give me this code that is in the liner notes in this episode and the next episode... There'll be a special discount on your order at my shop. Oh, so very nice. That'll be uh, for our special listeners. You know, you guys listen to the show, mm-hmm. check it out, and it'll be there for you. So yeah, hit that up below. Come out to the Beverly Art Walk, save some money on some art, and hang out with us and grab some coffee from Two Mile. It'll be great. Yeah, 
Now, do you know like kind of what section of Beverly is going to be in the like, Beverly section? Mm. <laughs> no, yes. um, it is off the corner of 95th and if I can double check this real quick. Um, oh, it's off the corner of 95th and Hamilton. So just a couple blocks from where two mile is yeah. at the train station. Yeah. And there's going to be some other vendors right there by us, like a pizza shop, uh, pies and street tacos, and then live music and the public show put on That's by awesome. the library. Again, they kind of have those set, those things like sectioned yeah. in different areas, and then you walk, and then a right. lot of the art stuff is either going to be inside shops, so people can come in and peruse mm, both the mm-hmm. establishment and the art, um, nice. and then some stuff will be pop up on the street, and so yeah. it's not just it's not just like an art festival where it's blocked off on one road. It's like all across Beverly, and you can take trolleys to shops and areas and move around, and mm-hmm. it's. It's one of their biggest events, from what I've heard. So, oh, okay. Uh, it's their sixth one, so I don't, um, I don't know a whole lot about it. I haven't participated in it yet. This is just information I'm going off of from people who live in the area. Sure. And uh, from what I've heard, so, uh, but I'm excited about it. It's going to be pretty cool, and uh, yeah, I'll be sharing space right next to Two Mile since uh, mm. we're family, and I'm an employee. This is true. <laughs> So um, I was wondering, I'm also kind of wondering which direction it stretches because when the kids and I were out there yesterday, we walked down to the 99th Street Station. Um, And I knew there was another station nearby, but uh, we were trying to get to um, 100th Street and then we would, you know, turn right onto Wood because we were trying to get to a park. And... I was like, oh, look, we are suddenly on a metro platform. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, it was right there. It's so close. Um, well, there, there's a map on the Art Walk website, and I'll mm-hmm. have that as well linked so that way people can see it and also see cool. some of the other stuff that's listed there. Yeah. Um, because cause I'm a last-minute pop-up in addition to Two Mile. You're probably not going to see us. Exactly on, on that the, little yeah, list because of the registration. We just were given permission <laughs> to, to set up right there. And so um, we'll we'll have that. And uh, mm-hmm. if I can, I'll maybe do a little Photoshop editing and put a little, this is where you'll find us on that map, but I'll, I'll link yeah. that below as well. Yeah. So, but that's what's coming up cool. and uh, excited about that. So this week. This week. Uh, other than Joy extremely being addicted to Pokemon Go as, <laughs> uh, as she started last week. And they are so cute. Yeah. I'm in it for the cute Pokemon. Yeah. she totally And you is. use like Stardust. You get Stardust. That's adorable. <laughs> and eggs. You can hatch tiny little cute eggs. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. Like they're so cute. Mm-hmm. Except for Jinx. <laughs> Not cute. Yeah. Super creepy. So, uh, other than Joy being addicted to the game now, and it's been like a week. Uh, Sorry, guys. Sorry, Mom <clears> and Dad. Yeah, she's she's in one week has, is now level like 15 or 16. So, nerd. It's true. Um, anyway, what I wanted to talk, though, uh, in relation to that is um, it, since we're heading back into school, one of the things I always think about when I think about school as a kid growing up is the weekend. Because mm-hmm. as much as I enjoyed most of school, I didn't enjoy every aspect of school. You know, I had issues with bullies or, um, you know, just the everyday classroom drama or the fact that sometimes I didn't want to do my homework. And so I would get in trouble at school and at home. That can um, be frustrating. I loved, obviously, the weekend when I didn't have to be there, mm-hmm. as most kids mm-hmm. do. And I wanted to talk about cartoons. Because the oh. thing that I think about when I think about school and heading back into that and related to, you know, to art and creativity and as someone yeah. who loves both pop culture art and animation specifically is uh, is cartoons and Saturday yeah. morning cartoons. And so getting a chance to just talk about our favorite cartoons, some of our favorite animation um, and some of our favorite animators, uh, at least that, that you know, I know and, and would love to be able to talk about. Um, that's kind of going to be our our subject for this episode. So Joy just raised her hand. Because I had an idea um, or a thought, there's, there's and no I one wanted else. to make sure I didn't forget it. Yeah. It's just me and her when we record, unless we have a uh, guest. So for her to raise her hand is pretty funny because I don't know. 
I just didn't want to forget it. And I knew if I did something physical, I wouldn't forget it. Okay. What's so uh, does it have to be a cartoon? Can it be a kid's show in like fr- that's on on a Saturday morning, but it's not a cartoon? That's fine. I'm going to talk about animation specifically like related to cartoons and some different cartoon history from like when I was a kid that I enjoyed. Like stuff that you liked? Yeah. Um, but no, feel free to, you know, if have, you thought of something like, you know, to talk about. Absolutely. I have a couple of things that I really love. Yeah, go ahead. Get us started. As we talk about cartoons, Saturday morning television, things like from that era. Yeah. Okay. So to start things off, um, one of my favorite shows as a kid, which probably was a lot of kids' favorite shows, uh, was Mr. Rogers. And... um I loved watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Um, there was, like, something about it. And there were puppets, you know what I mean? Um, there wasn't necessarily animation, but there were puppets. And there was set design and, you know, costumes and things like that. I loved Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And I remember other kids being like, this is boring, turn on a cartoon. But I loved it. I thought it was just the best. Trolley? Like, come on. Trolley, and um, just the whole thing, the whole thing was, was just amazing, and I remember watching that, uh, particularly if I was, like, really sick or something like that, and just feeling comforted, because there was nothing about that show that made you feel uneasy or scared or anything like that. It was just, like, warm and comforting and... I don't know. And it made things, it made everything seem so normal. Like mm-hmm. he had a way of making all of your feelings and all of your fears seem so normal and so okay. And I think that that's one of the things about Mr. Rogers that made me love the show so much. Is that why you're excited for a puppet show? Because there's that puppet. Maybe. Maybe partly. Yeah, maybe. Um, have you you seen the trailer? Uh, I'm sure for the Tom Hanks Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I'm not film. excited about it. Why? Because it's not Mr. Rogers, oh. and I know he's gone and he can't be in his own movie. But that's how I feel about that. Also, because I wept like a baby when I watched the trailer, and so now I'm scared to watch the movie because I'll just it cry through good, the though. whole thing. It looks really good. But the uh, the movie. That did the documentary that did come out. I still haven't watched it. Uh, well, that currently is available uh, for free on Amazon Prime. I haven't watched it because of the same reason. I'm just gonna cry and cry and cry. Yeah, but if you haven't seen it, um, it's it's really good. So check it out. Yeah. Um, I you know I I remember watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood as as a kid at different points, but it wasn't mm-hmm. didn't capture my attention mm. um, in the same way, and not because it wasn't a cartoon, but it definitely had a slower like you know tempo to it yeah and um so i could maybe watch 10 minutes of it mm-hmm. you know um either at the beginning or the end or whatever is he starting or wrapping up and i'd be fine and then i'd be like mm-hmm. oh, what else is on um yeah i i don't know i like that slower pace stuff though i always have mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I, like i don't mind it now it was just then that i had a hard time with mm-hmm. kind of being captivated by it sure um for me, the like, like you said, um, you know, a lot of kids would be like, "Hey, put on a cartoon." I I did enjoy it, and for me, it was that escape. And because I was big into art, even though I was afraid to draw myself because of what people told me growing up, I enjoyed the visual experience of cartoon animation. And what fascinates me is that you know, going back all the way from. Uh, the early days of of animation um, to even just in the last 25 years from the first Toy Story movie in 1996, you know, almost 25 years ago. um, That's crazy. We have this style of animation um, really hadn't changed much over those years uh, uh, up Mm. until, you know, Disney, Pixar. Right. And um, Do you mean in terms of like... Um, how animation took place yeah you'd have a painted background yeah that's what i mean like a fixed background and then things that move in the foreground Yep, you'd have a fixed background for a scene Mm -hmm. and then yes your foreground would be um 
you know, would be what changed based on the drawings themselves. And so mm -hmm. animators would draw and redraw and go over the same images to create the motion. And then it'd be like a flip book, you know, yeah. flip, 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 flip to get the motion yeah. and the animation and be filmed and colored and, and all that stuff. And, you know, to think about the time and energy, both for an, an animator and sometimes animators, what they would, their job was just a single character or a mm. single scene. Mm -hmm. And so animators working on the same film had to be good enough and consistent enough to create the characters in such a way that they looked like exactly one person the drew same. the whole yeah. thing. Wow. And so you'd have like your developers, like, hey, we developed the characters, we developed the look, the aesthetic and all mm -hmm. this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so this is the character model sheet. This is the track sheet. You have to follow this as you draw these characters. Mm. And then, you know, an animator or like a two would be like, hey, you have this five minute scene where these two characters talk about this or fight about this or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And they would be responsible to draw it. It might take them, you know, like a, a week or, or a month or longer to finish that scene and get it all set. So then when all the scenes are put together, it looks like one solid piece of work. Mm -hmm. But then you move into the television side of things where as, you know, as a kid, they would work on these things like movies, but they'd have to right. put out episodic pieces weekly. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, as a kid, you think, wow, how do they do this week after week? Well, mm -hmm. obviously there's a animation schedule and they work on right. it ahead of time. Ahead of time those yeah. things are edited and then put out. Sure. And so they have a lot of them like, you know, ready to go um, for the most part. And then they, they release them on air. But I just found it amazing uh, the type of work that would go into that. Even as a kid, just like the visual, like stunning uh, <laughs> interpretation of art done that way. Yeah. And then when you moved into, you know, the 90s and you had Pixar coming on the scene and starting to do more computer animation, Toy Story was the first compute, like full length feature computer animated film, mm -hmm. like from start to finish, where there was no um, hand drawn elements in terms of like flat 2D animation. Everything. Yeah was computer generated drawn in you know a program and, and sure all that stuff but different than uh here's a, a thing that was drawn on paper and then put into the film right and uh, that kind of changed the landscape and so you had more and more things both in television and movies than moving to computer animation mm -hmm. and uh that that began to change things and people began to experiment and mess with things and so mm. I can remember watching really bad computer animated cartoons mm -hmm. like reboot and um like some uh, oh man it was called like VR troopers uh where they would like use computer animated graphics along with live action stuff and it was huh. like for the time it seemed really cool and then you go back and you're like oh man that's real rough you know, yeah. they tried to incorporate all this stuff together. Yeah. Which was very, very interesting and, and wild. But then you had, you had directors, producers, artists, uh, who were very much traditionalists in how they wanted to do things. And so I want to talk about two different um, cartoons that I remember growing up. Okay. The first one is The Animaniacs by Warner Brothers. The Animaniacs, being a 2D animated uh, cartoon in the 90s, mm -hmm. uh, is one of those that Steven Spielberg produced and is a mm. traditionalist in both film and then for this in animation and TV. Not only were all the episodes like hand-drawn animation and, and put together like that, um, he was also very adamant that much like the old Bugs Bunny cartoons and old Walt Disney cartoons, that every episode would have um, would have like uh, orchestral, right? Orchestral. Orchestral yeah. pieces. Oh. Uh, where a lot of like shows like that that were segmented and things, like now you just like have songs, tracks, mm. things that would just move through or mm -hmm. it'd be produced and recorded. He would have like an orchestra do everything just like they did back then. Wow. And so you had that feel in the episodes of like this classic cartoon animation mm -hmm. and watching the Animaniacs like whether as a kid or even now as an adult like seeing those episodes and hearing that music and the way that it like fills 
the scene and the piece and, and like draws you in is it's crazy because all of that stuff for them works together. It's not just, you know, the, the picture of the characters on the screen. It's everything with the music and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that that's one, the mm-hmm. Animaniacs and what they did with them that I remember as being high influential just based on what they put into it. Yeah. The second one, growing up, <laughs> also from Warner Brothers. Um, sorry, Joy has I'm sorry. had a cold and has been battling being sick. So yeah, I'm coughing. Hearing a some lot. coughing in sorry. the background. That's that's her. Grab your water. I tried it, but I'll try it again. <laughs> yeah. It didn't help. But okay. I'll try it again. Uh, while Joy's grabbing that, let me. I'll just talk about this here for a minute. The uh, <clears throat> so the other thing was. Not just the Animaniacs and the, the cartoon animation put to that with the uh, orchestra and the music and just everything that went into that. But also from Warner Brothers as well is Batman the Animated Series. And Batman the Animated Series is a program uh, from the 90s. And I remember seeing both after school as a kid, like coming home and it would be like right on when I'd get home from school. So I'd like turn it on, do my homework and watch the Batman the Animated Series. And for those of you who know me pretty well, I'm a huge Batman fan. I love Batman. He's my favorite superhero. And uh, while in recent years, some of the material that has come out for Batman has been kind of disappointing um, in terms of comics, storylines, or movies, uh, he's still a hero that I enjoy specifically because of Batman the Animated Series. And one of the things that they did as artists and producers and in terms of direction for this is what you would find in most animated films uh, or cartoons, uh, episodic pieces, is that uh, the animators would draw, obviously, on like a white background, and if they needed a dark background, they would paint it dark. They would draw everything and darken what they needed to dark to create shades and texture and all this stuff, Um, but everything would start with like a white paper and drawing onto that. Batman, Batman the Animated Series, they actually started with black paper, and they drew everything on black paper using lighter tones and white pencils and inks and things like that. So everything had a dark, gritty color to it. Uh, even underneath, like if something was translucent and you could see through it, it had a darker tone and shade. And so the grittiness of the environment, the scenes, the texture, the characters, everything had like this grunginess to it. And so immediately as the show began, everything felt dark. Everything felt harsh. Everything felt mm. uh, chaotic in a sense because it wasn't what your eyes and your um, tastes were used to when it comes to seeing something like that because of how dark everything felt. And so it drew you in because it wasn't like anything else you were seeing on television when it, when it came to cartoons. And everything from that series, the uh, first three seasons being Batman the Animated Series, and then the fourth season when it aired a continuation of that, uh, New Adventures of Batman and Robin, all of that, like, tied in was a continuation of these stories and the growth of Bruce Wayne and his introduction to his ward, uh, Dick Grayson, who became the first Robin, uh, and then into Tim Drake and uh, Nightwing and, and all that stuff. And it was also the introduction of a very popular character now. Some people like, some people don't, and that's Harley Quinn. She was first introduced in Batman the Animated Series as a side character to the Joker and then written into the comics in the 90s mm-hmm. after that. Uh, so she's, like, only been around for about 25 years. That I character. didn't realize that. Yep. And... Um, but it was also where we got the, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinions, and though we can be wrong at times, the best incarnation of Batman and the Joker, and that is in the voices of who became Batman and the Joker. Kevin Conroy, who is the voice of Batman from that series, mm-hmm. who voiced him and continues to voice him on and off for different movies and projects and animation. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been the definitive voice whenever I think of the voice of Batman. That's yeah. the voice I think of. Mm-hmm. From the animated series for all those years, a ton of the different animated films, as well as all of the Batman video games that have been made, he's been the voice of Batman. And then the Joker, uh, in the very first episode of Batman the Animated Series, they originally had Tim Curry as the voice of the Joker. And Tim Curry played uh, Pennywise in the 1990 miniseries It. 
um, which came out. Obviously, they're redoing that now, and it Chapter Two is out, and all that stuff. But Tim Curry, he was also the uh, <coughs> hotel manager in uh, Home Alone Two: Lost in New York, right? And mm. uh, so Tim Curry was the voice of the Joker in like the first episode, but it didn't like sit well with audiences. He wasn't really captivating. Uh, he wasn't capturing that nature that they wanted. Mm. And so they brought in Mark Hamill, who is Luke Skywalker, to do the voice of the Joker. And he had been doing some other voice acting and other stuff. And um, he took that character and kind of just changed everything about who the Joker was. Uh, his voice, his laugh, everything. And Mark so Hamill... So creepy. Mark Hamill became the definitive voice of the Joker, similar to Kevin Conroy, through that animation series, through movies... Uh, for the last 25 years and then all the video games i was gonna say doesn't he do it for the video games yeah and yeah. it is it is intense and it is great there's been a few who can do something similar like when they've tried to do a continuation and he can't do it mm -hmm. uh like troy baker and some others mm -hmm. uh in uh voice acting who have done a pretty good job of capturing like a joker voice mm -hmm. but for me it's it's mark hamill and kevin conroy who have through that like created a culture of who these characters should be which is mm. crazy when you think of you know just like again with the animaniacs you have the orchestra you have the animation and that creates like this feeling when you when you watch it of classic cartoons but then you have this dark background creating this gritty culture of, of television through this cartoon and then you have these distinct voices that then captured the presence of these characters all of a sudden what you're seeing both as a child or as an adult if you watch it now is like whoa this is this is different this is special this isn't just your average cartoon mm -hmm. and while there might be some of those cliches that you find in any cartoon as a kid or ridiculous things you know when you're a parent watching cartoons with your kids it was unique enough to keep my attention yeah and to stay with me much longer <laughs> than my childhood yeah sorry the water didn't work I just keep coughing. It's because it's like my lungs. Yeah. That's so interesting, though, that like you were talking about, there are like some of those cliched things and stuff like that. Like, I never watched Batman the Animated Series as a kid. But since becoming an adult, I watched a little bit of it with you off and on. And um, I'm always struck by particularly by like how dark it is not just visually but like storyline yeah um which i know that's that's the batman thing right like everything in his storyline is dark and pr pretty dark yeah yeah um and uh but i i think that the thing for me that like that that sort of creeped me out and made it so that I knew I wouldn't have enjoyed it as a kid was the Joker's voice. I knew that that would have just like given me nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> so Mark Hamill did a really good job um, creating this sort of like creepy, chaotic, yet vibrant character. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, watching it as an adult kind of going, oh, wow, this is. And not scary, but like that voice is creepy. Um, and you, but you mentioned cliches and like, what do you mean by by that? Like the anything that might be in there that might be cliched. I mean, like you know, in a lot of cartoons, especially now, like the cli the cliche of uh, here's the moral of the story at the end. Oh yeah. You know, um, where you would still find that uh, one of the things that Batman did. Um, different than a lot of cartoons for kids at the time or mm. even teens was sometimes the end of that story was sad mm. you know like you said it was a little darker there wasn't always like yeah. a happy ending to every episode yeah sometimes there were though so sure um and again one of the things uh back to animaniacs that i loved is that at the end of every episode they would make fun of that idea with the wheel of oh. morality yeah and they would go wheel of morality turn 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 what is the lesson that we should learn because Again, cartoon animation for kids a lot of times had to have a moral at the end. Mm -hmm. And so they made fun of that principle and then they would like spin a wheel. They would get this card and they would read it and it'd have like this moral. And then they would mess it up and be like, oh, it must mean this. And then they'd run off the screen being chased by, you know, the security guard from the Warner Brothers lot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
So that was typical of a lot of cartoons. Like, hey, you know, if you're going to talk or you're going to put on the show, what are you teaching kids? Mm-hmm. And um, I think there's truth to that. You see that in all, obviously the preschool shows and younger oh, yeah. kids shows like, hey, this is how you do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be afraid of going to the doctor. This is about this and all this stuff. And they, they, you know, they use it to teach, which is great. Sure. But then there are um, it, more days now, or more times nowadays you have shows that don't have that for like older kids, mm-hmm. but that wasn't the standard. Like when we were growing up. Right. No. It and wasn't. so for a show to change that and to have like a sadder ending or a, um, a to be continued, this is a dark moment, but then maybe the next episode will, you know, conclude that and it'll go back to uplifting. Sure. Might leave you for a day or two, like going, Oh no, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so they instilled the sense of drama Mm-hmm. you know, for a kid, very much like radio programs did when you would have to listen on the radio yeah. and then wait like a week to find out what was going to happen next. Sure. Now, I could be wrong. I might be thinking of another um, animated Batman, whether it's one of the movies or, or something like that, but I feel like Batman narrated episodes often. Like there was this running narration going on in the background, or am I thinking of a different one? Uh, he wouldn't narrate. No? No. I Does mean, he might, in any of the movies? Like the the animated movies? There might be an episode or two where he does a partial narration about something. Mm-hmm. Um, or Alfred wouldn't maybe narrate something and then you would see the story. Okay. Uh, but no, not really. Narrate The narration, like Batman narrating things, usually would only happen in the comic books. I could be wrong. I haven't seen every last piece of Batman. Maybe I'm thinking of a couple of Brave and the Bold episodes. Yes. In Batman Brave and the Bold, there would be more narrating. Yeah. That was a different cartoon altogether in the 2000s. I know. Which has some good moments, but a lot of it, I thought, was just like, this is... Weird. It was very weird. Yeah, a lot of it was weird. I liked the Blue Beetle episode and the Music Meister because it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. That that series of Batman Brave and the Bold um, kind of pulled from a lot of the old golden era, um, the golden age comics with some, mm-hmm. uh, some old, old characters. So mm-hmm. Batman never really interacted a whole lot with modern superheroes, Superman, um, modern flash things like that it was a lot of the b-list mm-hmm. c-list characters from the golden age mm-hmm. and um he did a lot more narration but he also did a lot of weird like off planet stuff it wasn't like your standard yeah, crime fighting stuff it was always yeah. like big extravagant yeah type of uh scenarios for a lot of that yeah um i think the only villain that was consistent is the joker because since he's the most popular one they would include him but otherwise he'd fight random villains that were also like kind of b-list c-list villains yeah um and he would do a lot more narration yes in that series okay that must be what i'm thinking of and like i said i have not watched a lot of the batman the animated it would have been interesting if that had (laughs) been on when i was a kid um and when it came out it was like the mid-2000s maybe early 2000s, so I would have been a teenager. Yeah. Um, and while I still watched cartoons, uh, we didn't have cable. And when shows started moving to, uh, like, Cartoon Network and, mm-hmm. you know, Disney got their own channel and all that stuff began to change, um, we didn't have that for a long time, you know, right. as a kid. Right. Uh, and so I never, I would never have been able to have seen it. But if it had been on, like, your standard you know, Channel 9 or whatever after school, you know, through fuzzy rabbit ears, mm-hmm. if it had been on then, I wonder what yeah. I would have thought about it as a kid, like the same way I saw ba- the original Batman animated series. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, so then was the Batman the animated series that was on every day when you came home from school? It was on, it was on most days after school. It might have been mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was on... They would, they would often repeat episodes on Saturday. Oh, okay. So I'd get to watch that Saturday along with, I think it was after the first year of Batman, the animated series, maybe the second, mm-hmm. they uh, did the um, the Superman Adventures. So it was done by the same like uh, production company. So the animation was very similar. 
and they had a few crossover episodes with Superman and Batman. Um, and um, then they created like Justice League, like they did the Justice League uh, series around that same time. And again, Kevin Conroy was kind of consistent across that. Uh, you had Tim Daly doing the voice of Superman across all that. And uh, they created like a cartoon universe, you know, before cinematic universes were really in existence sure. and had the same people doing the voices and stuff. And it, it was right. cool. It was cool. That's interesting. Um, so, yeah, you'd see that sometimes after <laughs> school uh, or on Saturday morning. And I remember getting up early on a Saturday. Yeah. And getting to watch cartoons. Yeah. Getting a bowl of cereal. Mm. Oh, I'd always, I'd be up way before the cartoons even began. It'd still be like infomercials or the news or something. Yeah. But getting a bowl of cereal, sitting there as the sun's coming up and just being like, I'm ready. Yeah. Where's the cartoons? Like, you know, get to Batman, get to, you know, Animaniacs, get to this, get to that, whatever it was at that time. That's funny. You know, and those cartoons would change. I'm, you know, uh, Disney's Recess uh, and other things that like would be on when I was a kid. I remember like flipping yeah. through that and going to like my grandma's house. Like if we'd have to stay there for something, she did have yeah. cable. Um, so like watching things on Cartoon Network at that time, Courage the Cowardly Dog, Dexter's Laboratory, like those types of animated stuff, which were just like crazy ridiculous. The original Powderpuff Girls. I Powerpuff never, Girls. I never watched any of those. Yeah. Any, like all of those shows that you just listed, I never saw um cow and chicken nope i'm no i'm no i mean i i remember seeing like ads for them but i never watched them um we watched nickelodeon okay um when we went to my grandma's house she had cable so we would watch nickelodeon early in the morning it would so what were some of the cartoons that you'd see or shows you'd see on nickelodeon well i would get up really early in the morning too when i went to my grandma's house and it was like um gumby okay and like uh, Davy and Goliath, do you remember that one? No. Yeah, it's like it was super old. It was an Maybe old show. Maybe on Nickelodeon. Yeah, but like only really early in the morning. Mm-hmm. It was an old show, even when uh, I was a kid. So it was this uh, stop motion okay. show um, with a dog, with a kid and his dog. Did because uh, SpongeBob is on Nickelodeon. And mm-hmm. while I'm not a huge fan of SpongeBob, I do remember as like late, late childhood, early teen like era, it started because it's been on for like twenty something years now. Yeah, because it's they're still making new episodes. Yeah. And did you ever watch that? I was not allowed to watch no. SpongeBob. No. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of what else we did watch. Uh, when I reached a certain age, though, I had younger siblings too, mm-hmm. and um, if. When, once they woke up, it was like their turn. They were in control of the television. Yeah, so, so then, then we were watching shows that were, you know, kind of more appropriate for their age group uh, in terms of sure. like keeping their attention and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I remember like my little sister, um, you know, waking up and she she would would have been really young. And maybe it wasn't as much because my mom wanted us to like let her pick the show because she would have been really little and probably wouldn't have had a preference necessarily but i wonder if it was more about like what she'd have to sit through yeah like content and like yeah you know she can't watch that she's too little blah 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 um so yeah it's hard to remember some of those shows but i i do remember mr rogers being a big thing sesame street was a big thing Mm -hmm. um but one of my favorites on Saturday mornings, when I was at home anyway, because it was on Channel 11. <clears throat> yeah. WTTW. Your window to the world. That was like the best channel, because every Saturday morning it was just nonstop cartoons. Arthur? I did not watch Arthur. Oh. Um, I didn't really like Arthur as uh, a kid. I always found his friends annoying. Yes. I was like, what is wrong with you people? Go away. I did not like them. Um, so I never really watched Arthur. Yeah. Uh, but one of my favorites, which almost no one knows what I'm talking about, was Science Court. Not even a little bit. See, nobody knows. Oh my gosh, it, it was hilarious. Science there was court? A, yeah, is it like a courtroom like law drama, but about science. Like yeah, 
It was awesome. Nerd. Oh my gosh. One of my favorite characters, there's this character called Stenographer Fred. He was the stenographer yeah. in the corner. That would be you. Yes. yes, and I loved that character. I was like, this would be a great job. That's what I thought of as a kid. That's funny. Like, this sounds like a, an awesome job. You just sit there and type everything everyone says. Yeah. Um, and everything that's happening. So I remember, like, really loving that show. And it was ridiculous stuff. You know, like, oh, did so-and-so, like, steal this thing from blah, blah, blah? Let's use science to decide, like, figure out whether or not they did. Order in the court. <laughs> Order in the court. You need some science experiments to prove that. It was really funny. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Um, That's funny. What else? Yeah. Uh, science court. And um, this show came on when I was a little bit older, but I remember thinking it was funny. I think they were trying really hard to be like Sesame Street, but they didn't pull it off well. And it was Between the Lions. Between the Lions? Yeah, it did not last long. The whole show was like... I think these are shows you had in some sort of fever dream. Because <laughs> I've never heard of any of them. You can ask Chantel. She will corroborate my story. Um, She's listening right now going, I have no idea what Joy's talking no, about. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but Between the Lions... I really and truly think they were trying to do some sort of Sesame Street thing because they were all puppets, um, like puppets interacting with a couple of real people. And everything was a pun. Like, so between the lions, between the lines, you know, yeah, everything I, no, was I, like I this, like little like, I get, I get it. thing. And there were these mobster pigeons. You seem to have a affinity more puppets, though. <laughs> Every single show, you're like, there's this puppet. And you were talking about wanting to go to this puppet show. I don't think that's 100% true. Science know. Court didn't have puppets. It was hand-drawn. Stunnock for Fred, the puppet. <laughs> he wasn't out of puppet. Let me take these notes. <laughs> I don't know um, why he has an accent now, but he does. I don't know. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, I remember watching Between the Lions, and everything was, like I said, it was a pun. So there was a character... Um, and I don't remember even the character's name, but there was this segment, um, called dances, smarty pants. And like everyone would have these same, like oversized checkered pants on, like it looked like a hula hoop around their waist with like pants hanging from it and yeah. like the suspenders. And there was a song and it would just like flash from like different oh, boy. characters <laughs> They would have celebrities on the show too sometimes, but like kind of like B-list celebrities, you know? And then they would sing this song, ooh, ah, dance in smarty pants. And they would all just dance in these pants. And that was the whole song, like except for like a verse here and there that didn't make any sense at all that I could understand. If it's not on IMDb, it doesn't count. Between I'm telling you. the lions. I'm looking it up right mm. now. TV series from 1999. Yeah. So it would have been... Live action and animation blend together in this educational fantasy about a family of lions running a library filled with adventurous and musical books. I told you. I told you. Artie Smarty Pants is a character. Artie Smarty Pants. That's who it was. It's creepy oh, as big, all get out. Uh, big Bird, Bert, and Ernie, and some others from Sesame Street, I guess, cameoed? Was it done? Yeah. Was it done by the same Jim Henson... Production. I would be surprised because it was lower quality than Sesame Street. <laughs> um, I mean, possibly. Uh, look up the mobster pigeons. See if you can find the mobster pigeons. Was that a separate show or was it on the show? No, they're like on the show. There were characters on the show. Walter Pigeon? Clay, uh, Clay Pigeon? Yes. That's all it says. It doesn't say mobster pigeons. They were mobster pigeons, though. So uh, oh, it's funny. they probably stole that from Animaniacs because they had good feathers, which were mobster pigeons in the show, which came out years before that. That's what I, yeah, that's what I thought. So I wasn't allowed to watch Animaniacs either, but I remember occasionally sneaking a few episodes and being like, seeing these mobster that show, pigeons. That show was, was so, so ahead of its time. 
and so like, inappropriate in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, uh, like watching it now, there are jokes that I never understood as a kid. Like yeah. hilarious ones. There like, are also uh, disturbing ones. They had there's this one episode which is a parody of the Maltese Falcon, that like Humphrey Bogart movie or whatever, and uh, I can't I can't remember what it's called. But there's a point in there I, lo I love it so much, where they're like fighting over the thing and someone's like, "Give us the bird." And one of the animators goes, we can't. This is a kid's show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stuff like that's funny. Yeah. So um, think about this, okay? Okay. As we enter into our next segment real quick, I want you to think about this. Okay. Favorite cartoon, either TV show or movie. Mm -hmm. Your favorite cartoon or TV show or movie, all right? Think about it. We're going to hit our next segment here as we move on into our uh, what we're going to do today. Wait, I have a question. I need to think of one in each category no, or one, one in general. One overall. Oh, my god! Animated. But it has to be animated. Animated. No puppets. Animated. What? <laughs> Completely animated. I'll, I mean, it can be computer animated, like favorite cartoon, you know. Um, you know mine already. Think about Just think about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, as we move into our next segment, what we're going to okay. do today, where we talk about all the different things we've got mm. going on. And, uh, yeah, so what we're going to do today. Hey, hey, what we're going to do today? Hey, hey, what we're going to do today? I can't wait. Tell me what we're doing today. What we're going to do today. All right, so, Joy, um, before we kick off into that and we talk about the things we've got going on in our life, did you think of a movie or TV show animated your favorite one? Oh, yeah. Of course. What is it? You know what it is. What is it? Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Why? Because it is the story of this tiny little clownfish who literally risks his life in every way possible for love because he loves his son. And he battles everything, everything that the ocean and the air and human population can throw at him to save his son. Including a shark? Including three. Yeah, I heard he took I on three. I already took on three. Um, and in the meantime, his son is learning about himself as he has to cope with the world and the fact that he has a bad fin. And his dad yeah. has always watched out for him and made sure that he didn't do anything that was even remotely risky. And now all of a sudden he's on his own and he then meets his mentor fish. Mentor fish. Yes. <laughs> Gil. Yeah. Who also has a bad fin and who has had to make it on his own. And, you know, it's sort Never of this like... Never me before. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good one. And, and it's just... And you know that I love it because it's this story of love overcoming all the odds and fighting and fighting and fighting because that's what love does. Love fights. Mm -hmm. And it gets ugly. But in the end, it wins. Yeah. That's why I love Finding Nemo. Very cool. All right, so with what we're going to do today, we talk about uh, the things and projects we're working on. Wait a minute. Yes. You're not going to share anything. That was just like so that I, I could share. Curious. Yeah. All right, thanks. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I can tell you mine. I can tell you mine. My favorite, um, for a long time, my favorite was probably Tangled. Just because oh, I, re so good. I really love the animation and the music. Uh, <laughs> that Tangled um, is actually a combination of both computer animated mm -hmm. um you know visuals uh yes. cgi that type of stuff as well as hand-drawn animation it's a combination yeah. of the two which is really cool so you see them both side by side with mm -hmm. the uh sometimes fixed backgrounds but then the computer animated you know characters up front yeah really like that one but uh as of last christmas 2018 my favorite animated film of all time is into the spider-verse the animation oh that's so good the animation and the story of that yeah. is just brilliant, 100%. Yeah. And which is why the good people of the Academy gave it the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. And it is so, so good. So good. Yeah. And the soundtrack, too. And the soundtrack, Everything oh, about soundtrack it is amazing. So good. From start to finish, that movie is a solid 10. Like, yeah. It doesn't oh, drop yeah. ever. No. It's phenomenal. Um, so in this segment, though, as we talk about what we're going to do today, we focus on projects, things that we're working on for accountability and to just stay on top of things and um, help one another, 
you know, as we move towards our creative endeavors, as well as if you guys have anything that you want to share with us, you know, we're, uh, you can email us stoke the wild at gmail.com and let us know what you've got going on, um, in, in your lives to help keep you accountable. So, um, like I said, at the beginning of the episode, uh, we've got the Beverly art walk coming up September 21st. Yeah. That information again, will be linked below all the stuff we've talked about already yep. in there as well. So you guys can check that out, the map, all that stuff. It's totally free for the whole family. It's from noon to six on Saturday, the 21st. Stop by the two-mile uh, pop-up, get some coffee, mm-hmm. stop by my tent, and pick up some arts. Come say hello. It'll be a good time. Yeah, it'll be great. Joy, what have you got going on? I have got going on more writing, um, doing more translation work um, just on my own because I love doing that. Uh, and then the biggest thing is overcoming that fear of, of hitting publish. Yeah. You know, just like pushing that button mm-hmm. and um, not like publishing with a publisher because that's, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but like having the guts to at least put it out, at least there. put it out there on my blog Yep. Um, because that can be really, really terrifying. Yeah. Well, when Joy is ready and she does hit publish, you can find that at our stokethewild.com website where um, yes. it'll be listed with her as the author and you can keep up to that. That's true. Um, speaking of blogs, though, I have been kind of slow or late, not lazy, but slow on getting any more out since the beginning of August because it's been difficult to sit at the computer and do a lot of typing while I've had yeah. the collar on and I, as I've been recovering. So yeah. uh, starting this week specifically, I'm going to be putting up a post or two and, and getting back into the Stoke the Wild um, monthly newsletter mm-hmm. that I try and put out, just keeping mm-hmm. people up to date on stuff, which you can mm-hmm. subscribe to at, at the website. It's totally free. And yeah. if you do so, you get a cool little uh, discount coupon for the shop as well. Um, mm-hmm. But all that to say is, you know, I'm going to be getting back into that now that I've kind of gone through the recovery period and I can sit a little bit more easily at the computer again. Mm-hmm. As well as I've got another card set that came. I think I mentioned this last week. So I've got another Marvel set that I'm working on. Um, related to a home video release coming soon. Um, for those of you who might know what that is, you are correct. <laughs> you are correct. So you are correct. Uh, I'll be working on that over the next uh, few weeks uh, for when that is due. And then, um, yeah, but this week it requires a lot of writing from me, so I'll be doing a lot of that and uh, getting things set before, uh, again, the, the fall craziness and routines yeah. begin to really get into high gear. Yeah. Um, one thing that I wanted to mention um, that I, I forgot was that this past week I did a very, very short uh, thing. Um, I did a voiceover for a video for my job um, that my coworker created for some of our families or interested families in the program. So I, I got to do the narration and the voiceover for that video. Um, and I love doing that stuff. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, and then one of the things that I, I got the go ahead from my boss to do is to, and I haven't done it yet because I have yet to find anyone else at work who has the guts. I shouldn't say guts, but who is comfortable doing it with me. She's calling you guys out. Everyone. (laughs) Um, no, but they legitimately have like zero time. They're overworked. Um, and that's just the nature of the job. But uh, they don't have the time for it, really. Um, but I would love to do it. And that is to create a, a jumpstart podcast um, so that we have uh, a weekly or biweekly or monthly episode where parents can tune in and hear from an expert about a particular subject, mm-hmm. maybe something that they're struggling with when it comes to their kids, or even just ideas of how to have fun with their kids. Yeah. Um, I love those things I would love to make it very accessible for parents. Um, and my boss said, yeah, go ahead. It's your project. You can do it. I don't care. That's fine. Um, I just need to find someone who will do it with me because they don't have a whole lot of time. Otherwise it's going to be me finding, it's just going to be me the whole time. Yeah. And I don't know how comfortable I feel with that. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, those of you from jumpstart who listen might, Feel the need Literally, Lindsay. It's gonna be Lindsay. 
Amy says we have good voices, so she's listening. Oh, that's listening true. Sometimes she listens. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm not so. mad at you guys <clears throat> because I know how busy you are. I know how hard it is. So with with uh, with those projects that are coming up and things that we've got going on, it's 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 busy. I mean, it never yeah. really slows down, but everyone's got projects and things that we're you know you try to accomplish and you want to stay in tune with and, and stay right. on top of and. Right. For those of you that are students, between your student work, uh, portfolios, projects, video assignments, whatever it is you've got going mm-hmm. on, make sure that you keep your nose to the grindstone, you stay creative, but also take in the creative things around you. Allow those things to inspire you, to instill in you a, a passion to be creative and to do awesome things. And um, as you do so, you'll find that that well of creativity is continuing to be refilled. And that's part of what we want to do with the podcast is yeah. have the opportunity for you guys to, you know, as you're creating, sitting there, you have something to listen to or just while you're driving, whatever, to refill the creative well and uh, keep you inspired on your journey into the creative arts. So uh, with that, I think that's the episode. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. All right, guys, you have an awesome weekend. We'll see you next time. Bye.